0: Where, O death, is now thy sting? Yeah. I referenced that when I was uh, standing by my mother's casket last month. And uh, that's quite a thought, actually. And then I talked to my dad. I shared this with the men Saturday morning that were here for prayer. But you know my dad he's doing well for thank you for those who have remembered to pray for him and and he's being helped in a number of different ways but um that his hope lies in that reality the reality of Christ and uh he 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 wouldn't he wouldn't bring her back you know uh and yet as he said, you know, he's lost the dearest on earth to him, Um but as I told the men yesterday, he said <clears throat> that's true and it's painful, but it's not always painful because she she's not she wasn't his savior and she isn't now and she's not his heavenly father and she's never was and isn't now. And so and so there's that. Well, what what we came to uh, to use there uh, last month it was sort of our mantra for the week is bittersweet, and that is true when it's a believer who has died anyway. Uh, there's a bittersweet there, and and so we're thankful that there is a bittersweet, and uh, we rejoice in that. And so, but I yeah I just it came to my mind as we sang that last hymn. And of course, it is true without the resurrection, nothing you know remember we are remembering him, and we are proclaiming his death till he come. but if he's not risen, if he's not coming, there is no value in the death and so we we know that we understand that, and that makes this even more precious to us and i want I want the faith that. I've been given and and you've been given if you're a believer I want that to uh, i want it to lay hold of uh, the things that we know to be so there's nothing new going to come to going to come to your to your mind tonight from me anyway um, but if if faith lays hold of it, there's a sense in which there is a freshness that can come that Makes it seem new. You know, there's a newness to it. I mean, when, when, when Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, was he giving a commandment that had never been given before? I mean, the commandment to love, way back, it wasn't, it wasn't new in that sense. But there is a newness, there is a freshness when the Spirit of Christ Applies that and makes that come alive in us. Um, whatever the truth is, and and so we, we desire that tonight. That's what I pray for for myself and for you as well. I want us to fellowship together tonight in Christ. That's 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 a primary reason we're here. In fact, I, I would say that what we're Doing tonight and partaking together of this bread and cup is that we are really identifying the very basis of what our true fellowship if we have true fellowship it is the basis of our fellowship together I'm going to read from first Corinthians chapter ten and chapter eleven and and as we read the things that we read you're going to see that the basis for our fellowship is not food sometimes that. That's the way it is. We we have fellowship meal and food is the issue. Food is, food is not the basis of our fellowship. It, it it became that way in the church at Corinth. Food and drink. And they got carried away with that and started having their little groupy sessions. Uh, and, and it became almost not church anymore. They they lost sight of the basis of the reason they were even a church. Which is what is being communicated in the Lord's Supper. And so, friendship, that is not the basis of church. Friendship, that's good to have friends, it's good to have friends in the church, but friendship is not, is not the basis of our fellowship together. And this is what Paul, I think, to a large degree is pressing upon the Corinthian church. As he writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verses 16 and 17, he says, he says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion or the fellowship of the, the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion or the fellowship of the body of Christ? The body and the blood of Christ. That which is representative of Christ, for we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread, and of course that one bread is symbolically, it's this one loaf that we partake of, is, is Christ that we've all not only have partaken of, but we partake of, for we all, we if you've ever partaken of Christ, you continue to partake of him. It's the relationship we have with him. We never grow beyond that. It's one of the reasons why this ordinance here is so important, because it brings us back to that reality. It brings us back to the very basics, really, to the to the fundamental, to the. To the entrance, you know, there's a there's a door to this way and then there's the way. And guess what? The door and the way in some sense is the same thing. It's Jesus Christ, you see. And 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 so this ordinance reminds us of that. It brings us back. We can get so messed up with so many different things along the way. And it doesn't take us very long. For that to happen in our lives, and so it's. A frequent observance of the Lord's Supper is significant. Paul continues in chapter 11. He says in verse 17, Now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better, but for the worse. Is it possible to come together for the worse? you ever thought about that? I mean, isn't coming to church always good? is there any any is there any way in which coming together could be for the worse paul says you come together not for the bad they were not improved and this is coming together here in the context i think specifically as he goes on to unpack this for the lord's supper or or at least what should have been the lord's supper But it it had digressed into something else. We want to make sure that our coming together is not for the worse. But it's for the better. For First of all, when you come together as a church. I hear that there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who or approved, may be recognized among you. No, Paul isn't praising that. He isn't saying that's a good thing. He's just saying that it happens. And there's a sense in which he is saying it's a necessary thing along the way. But he's really instructing the church and us by extension here that it's not the way it's supposed to be. Therefore, when you come together in one place... It is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others and one is hungry and another is drunk. You're thinking only about yourself or your own little group or, or the, you know, the, the ones that you happen to get along with the best, whatever the basis of your getting along is. And you have these little clubs, sets within the church, even in a small church, it can happen. And and so you're not coming together to partake of these elements that are being that are representing what it should be representing. You're coming together to satisfy some something that's very fleshy, very fleshly. Here's this hunger. You're he says he says what verse 22. Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? And do you despise or do you despise the church of God? In other words, you're not really grasping what this is about. And shame those who have nothing. What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. Then verses 23 through 26, he sets forth that which the Lord had delivered to him. The, just the very the details of the Lord's Supper. Then in verse 27, he he says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. It matters. It matters how you how you come, how you approach your, your attitude, what you think about what you're doing, what you think about what is represented by the body and the blood of Christ. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Paul is not writing this to, to to strike some sort of undue fear in the church. So you'll be, you know, who would even want to come partake? If you know, oh no, oh no. There have been people who have been part of this church who have not partaken the Lord's supper because they're so afraid of taking unworthily. And their mindset is, I, there's this feeling of not being worthy to protect. Paul does not say you, you must be, you, nobody's worthy, right? That's not the point. But the point is you need to have a right attitude and a, and a right spirit. And it, it is not only in relationship to the, to the elements, as they are reminding us of the Lord, but they're, it's in our attitude and relationship to those with whom we are partaking. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, and this is this is the Lord's the Lord's work, the, the Lord's. Dealing with us as his children, not his enemies. He's, we're, we're not his enemies. When we are judged, we're chastened by the Lord that we may not be condemned with the world. It, 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 there's a there's a preservation going on here in, his, in the Lord's care for us. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. Uh, that, that, that's that's one of the reasons why, you know, we we all hold the elements and we wait pr- partaking together. I don't know that's exactly the point that's being made here. But the, the point is, I think, much deeper than that. But that's symbolic, isn't it? We're we're doing this together. So if you if you if you're hungry, eat at home. Unless you come together for judgment and then the rest I'll set in order when I come. And so as we. As we participate together in the Lord's Supper as a church of God, we are reminded again that the foundation of our fellowship is Jesus Christ, plain and simple. And the Father is very pleased to see us expressing in one spirit our union together in Christ. As each of us, each in, many members, one body, as we are individually having our minds together, the same mind in that sense, we're, we're thinking the same things in the sense that we're thinking upon him together and our union together in him. And as we participate together in fellowship or communion in the body, in the blood of the Lamb of God, we are confessing the wisdom of God. I suppose the angelic realm in heaven is looking upon us as we are taking of these elements and they're marveling at the wisdom of God. Ephesians 3 sort of speaks of this. The, the great salvation of the of our eternal God being worked out in in time, his everlasting covenant of love being being expressed really as we are partaking of these elements together, we his his people, his children, in our communion together, we are confessing that all we are and have from God depends upon the one that we're remembering. Remember, Jesus said, in remembrance of me. Now, yes, it does include what he has done. But the main event is not... I have to be careful how I say these things. The main event is him. It's him. As we tried to express in previous messages in Matthew 16 it's him. Yes, he he had to do what he did, but he's the one who did it. So we it's in remembrance of him and we show his death. Till he come. And so we we do not partake because we are worthy. We while we are to examine ourselves as we have read so as not to partake hypocritically. Or well, with a spirit of indifference, as I sat in my office tonight, I'm sitting there and, and i honestly some thoughts are going through my mind i I don't know what else I need to do to prepare myself, and it's like it's like a whisper comes to my soul, son I've already done it I've already done it and and I say lord i I don't know of anyone in the assembly that i I am contrary to or with or I don't know of any conflict. I don't know of any. I'm examining myself in my relationship. I hope you do the same thing. Because I don't want to be taking hypocritically. I don't want to be expressing that. And it not be true. That I'm partaking of this one bread. With my brothers and sisters. I certainly don't want a spirit of indifference. Regarding the body and blood of Christ, Paul addresses that. So the one that we remember is the only one who makes us worthy to partake. So when He died and rose again, think about this as you partake of these elements. He, because of Him, and because of your union in Him, when He died and rose again, He did so with you in His mind, on His heart. There was a union of you with Him. Mysterious as that is. And that's deeper than my mind can even really go. And We have to be careful when we're on holy ground not to go too far. Brethren, the Scriptures teach us that there is, that that when he died we died right when he rose we rose his death was our death by divine appointment and so that it was by way of union with him that his righteousness can become our righteousness and our sin becomes his sin that 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 is linked To this whole idea of union with Christ that the Bible speaks so much about. Oh, he suffered alone. And yet his death was ours. And his resurrection life is ours. So when we come together to partake of these elements. Because we know him. Do do you know him? I know whom I have believed. A fellow yesterday I met out on the street and he was a blasphemer and he was very difficult to talk to. And he, at one point he says, he said, well, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to destroy your faith or anything. I just said to him, don't worry about that. You're not destroying my faith. I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded that he is able Keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. And and I had to actually just separate myself from Him. He actually called me a coward. He cast aspersions at me. And can I stand here and say it had no effect upon me? Yeah, it had an effect upon me. Who who likes to be dealt with in that that way? But what it did is it, it pressed me closer. It pressed me... Toward the one that I was proclaiming. I know him. Do you know him? Do you know him by faith? If we know him who gave his life for us. And we believe that those with whom we partake know him as well. We are united in our faith in him. We talked about that yesterday. It's in our men's time. The, the, the encouragement of our mutual faith. I believe that's one of the things we do when we partake of the Lord's Supper together. There's an encouragement of our mutual faith because if you have no faith, you should not be partaking. And so there's the assumption that we believe. And and we're doing this in faith. We 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 know. What do we know? We know a number of things. We know by faith that we are pronounce right with God we heard about that this morning some and we have peace with him only because God has provided in his son the righteousness that we need that is no small matter we have nothing that we can add how do you come to the elements tonight do you come empty handed? Isn't that symbolic? You come receiving. That's one of the reasons Spurgeon I've read. I've got a book I'm reading about Spurgeon, his view of the church and the ordinances and so forth. And that's one of the things that he said. The simplicity of the ordinance. He, he preached the simplicity of it. We bring nothing. We receive everything. It's it's a, it's accomplished. It's done. And that's what we are expressing when we receive the bread. And when we receive the cup, we don't earn, we receive. And we know the verdict of peace with God is ours, and it's ours right now. We're not anticipating that verdict of peace based upon... You know, whether or not we can build up enough merit in addition to believing in Jesus. No, no, he's done it all and he's continuing to do it all, isn't he? He's, what's he doing right now? He's mediating. He's interceding. The only way that you can receive any. Experiential benefit from what I'm saying is if you are connecting in faith with that, because you can't see him with your eyes, can you? You can't touch him with your fingers. Faith, though. Faith lays hold. That's what's so, so emphasized throughout Scripture. I believe. I believe. And if as jesus says if you believe you'll see there's an opening up of our of our of the inward sight of that glory that comes to our inner being as we receive by faith what we're taught from scripture is true we know by faith that there is no charge that can Ever be raised against us that will bring us under God's wrath. No charge. Jesus consumed the fire, didn't he? Removing it forever, forever it's removed. Believer, there is, whenever you read those things in Scripture, God is a consuming fire. The things concerning his wrath, you're not appointed to that. Now or ever! It's gone! It's gone. But it's not gone just because God decided to remove it. It's gone, gone because God determined to absorb it. In His own person, in Christ. I've been reading a book called The Glory of Christ. I recommend it. It's by Peter Lewis. I didn't know him before I started reading it. It was a book that somebody else was reading and they seemed to be enjoying it, so I thought, hey, maybe I can get some enjoyment out of it. It's not like every word in it's enjoyable, but a lot of good stuff. Here's a quote. He said, Holiness and love united in God at the cross as the Father was pleased to crush his Son. Under the curse of our sin. As the Son in love bore wrath. That otherwise would have forever justly fallen upon us. He removed by his own self giving. Every impediment or obstacle. To our eternal joy. In union with the triune God in Him. That's salvation. And so we know by faith. No charge. No charge. You know I could read Romans 8. There are other places we could go to. You know that truth. May the Spirit teach you the deep things of God. The deep things of God. Place it within you to stir your soul to love and praise. And then we know by faith that because of Him, because of Jesus Christ, whom we remember tonight, nothing can separate us from His great love. We're His adopted children. Do you get tired of hearing that? His adopted children. I'd love to be reminded of the fact that I have not been given the spirit of bondage again to fear, but the spirit of adoption whereby I cry, Abba, Father. I suppose daily I want my soul reminded of that. At least monthly as we come To the table tonight, remember, we are remembering Him. That is, we're remembering the Son. But you can't remember the Son properly and forget the Father. So you are remembering not only the Son, you're also being brought in tonight to that communion with the Father. And you couldn't do either one without the Spirit. There's a triune God with us tonight. As we partake together of the Lord's Supper, we are saved in the one we remember, by the one we remember, and for the one we remember tonight. We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And as joint heirs, we are brought into the glory of the triune God. A glory in which we will share forever. A glory that we only get glimpses of at best. Now, and I suppose, if my thinking is correct, we will forever be expanding in our sense and appreciation and participation in that glory in eternity. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. This isn't just me. It's together with him and with all others who are in him. That's what we're remembering tonight. That's what we're picturing tonight. Second Thessalonians 2.14, to which he calls you by our gospel for what? The obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. You understand the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ is the glory into which you and I have been called to obtain. And remember, that's what Jesus prayed for, didn't he? In John 17. And the glory which you gave me, I have given them. That they may be one just as we are one. This relationship that is our glorious inheritance. Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, May give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You know that right there is where, where I've, I know I, I know I need to pray this because I, I can't get that myself. I can read books and I can hear sermons and I can, I can, talk about details about things, but but to have the eyes of my understanding enlightened where, where, where there's actually a, a some sort of glory shining within me I pray for that that you may know what is the hope of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. That's incredible language right there. Did you hear that? Saints. Use. Somehow, you and I, saints, are identified as the riches of the glory of his inheritance. It's in us, in us. It's not what it's not what we it's us, it's not what we have. It's us. In him with him. Forever. And we lay hold of that by faith now. And we enter into it tonight. We're joined together tonight by one spirit. And so partake in fellowship as one body. Our communion is not Our communion, remember this, our communion is not dependent upon many of the things that tend to most affect us in our relationships. Our communion is not dependent upon total agreement of thought. Our communion is not dependent upon the same likes or the same dislikes, or the same life choices, or the same interests. But in the body and blood of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, whose spirit unites us in this unique fellowship. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. You see, this is why I think the Apostle Paul, and I seek to follow his lead, is so Focused on keeping the attention upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's why we should be. We need to glory together today in the Christ who lives. He was dead, but he lives. Love that last hymn we sang. He lives. And he ever lives, ever lives to make intercession for us. And so tonight we're testifying together. Can you enter in right now as your spirit entering in? We're testifying. That's what we're doing tonight. We're testifying. Even as we personally remember, personally enter in, personally entering in, we're not doing it in isolation. You could have stayed home in your bedroom and done that. But we've come together to do this because it's saying something more than just what's in it for me. We are testifying together as one body in Christ, the love and the wisdom of our triune God. Oh, brethren, here is love vast as the ocean. Here it is. And it's lavished on us. His his church. Sinners saved by grace, alone through faith alone, in Christ alone. And so we are you united as one body in him. And may that be upon our minds as we partake together, as we remember him together, together. Let's fellowship together in him as we eat this bread and drink this cup tonight. Amen. Let's let's pray together.